Hello, friends, and welcome to episode 790 of the Juicebox Podcast. On today's show, we're going to be speaking with Roxanne. She has type 1 diabetes, as well as a host of other issues, ranging from heart issues, hearing issues, psoriatic arthritis, psoriasis, blood pressure, cholesterol challenges. There's a lot going on here. It takes me a little time to pick it apart, so be patient. While you're listening, please remember that nothing you hear on the Juice Box podcast should be considered advice, medical or otherwise. Always consult a physician before making any changes to your healthcare plan or becoming bold with insulin. Are you a U.S. citizen who has type 1 diabetes or is the caregiver of someone with type 1? If you are, it will take you fewer than 10 minutes to fill out the survey at t1dexchange.org forward slash juice box. When you do that, you could be helping yourself, other people living with type 1 diabetes, and you'll be supporting the Juice Box podcast. t1dexchange.org forward slash juice box. Join the registry. Complete the survey. Wow, I got that done pretty quickly. There's a lot of music left. I hope you enjoy this episode. Roxanne's really cool. I think you're going to like it. This show is sponsored today by the glucagon that my daughter carries, Gvoke Hypopen. Find out more at gvokeglucagon.com forward slash juicebox. We are also sponsored today by Touched by Type 1. Head over to touchedbytype1.org to see the good work they're doing for people living with type 1 diabetes. And look what else I get to talk about today. U.S. Med. You can get your diabetes supplies from U.S. Med. Contact them now to get your free benefits check at 888-721-1514 or go online at usmed.com forward slash juicebox. Get your supplies the way we do from U.S. Med. I'm Roxanne. I am a teacher of the visually impaired, and I have been a diabetic for 24 years now. 24 years. And you're, and you're what, 28 years old? Yeah, I wish. I'm 42. Okay. Oh, that's not bad. Don't worry. I'll take that. Um, I would take that right now if someone offered it to me. Um, <laughs> so tell me a little bit about when you were diagnosed. I was trying to remember. It's been a long time. I know it was like either right before or right after I graduated from high school. I think it was during that summer. Mm-hmm. I was like, I don't remember. I don't, I don't remember why we went to the doctor's office. It's like, I think I was, I knew I had a lot of like thirst and all that. So we went in for just an, okay. <laughs> What, what what is your blood sugar doing right now? It's like two eighteen right now. Are you? Do you think it's going up because you're nervous? I think so. Some of it. Yeah. Do you want to do something about it? I'm I'm okay to wait a second if you have if you'd like to. Uh yeah. Let me get myself another unit in here. I don't want to go too 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 much to make it come right back down. I understand because you. You might you might uh, end up just calming down and relaxing, and that adrenaline goes away, and then we'll be we'll be drinking yeah. juice together yeah. then. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we don't want that. Let's see. No, 
It's like, I don't even think, I don't remember them checking for anything other than just like the urine test. And then they called us back. They didn't do much. So I'm thinking they thought I had type two at first. So you feel like you, your best of your memory is you just went in for a regular old checkup. Mm-hmm. So you didn't yeah. have any symptoms that you were there to complain about. Nope. Other than I was drinking a lot. Looking back, I remember drinking a lot. Okay. Of water all the time. But that didn't take you to the, to the doctor, that idea? No. Okay. All right. Well, that makes sense. So then you just sort of got a surprise diagnosis and out of nowhere. And yes. and at this point in your life, you don't really remember it too much. Is that right? Nope. I really don't. It's like I'd ask mom, but she's not here anymore. <laughs> Did you head off to college after that? I stayed at home, but I did go to, I went, I commuted to college. So okay. I, I lived at home for most of, till I got married. Two year, four year school? I went four, I think it was like four or five years wow. to our local university. And then once I got almost done with my degree, I realized that's not what I wanted to do. So then I went to back to school to do what I really wanted to do. So you have three quarters of what kind of a degree? I have a bachelor's in psychology. Mm-hmm. And then I have, you know, throughout working as a teacher of the visually impaired, I got a master's degree in that. You got a master's degree. So, you, so a teacher of the visually impaired, like how does that, um, like, what do you do day to day? I drive all over the school district going to see my students instead of them coming to me. Oh, I see. So are they in their home or are they at the building? Some. Some are in their home. Some live some are homebound and can't come to school, or they're under three and aren't in school yet. So we see them from birth to twenty-two. Oh, that's interesting. So, so it's very it's fun. Or I go out to their campus and see them in their classrooms or pull them from their classrooms and work on whatever skills they particularly need for me to access their curriculum. Wow. So when they're very little, did you say three years old? Uh, yeah, I have an infant that I work with that just turned one. And what are you working with that infant doing? We are basically, it's a lot of play. It's very fun. We play and kind of make sure he's using his vision to with well enough to do what he needs to do. Mm-hmm. Do you have to teach like them? Any, is there like different, like, like, I don't know, like social cues or, or do they, are you, sometimes, do you tell them to look for different things? Because, and can visually impaired mean like anywhere from totally blind to restricted vision? Yep. It's a big spectrum. I have students who are completely blind. Sorry, did I lose you? She is gone. Like gone, gone. Like she shut the thing off, gone. I'm going to have a little tea while she logs back on. Let's not touch that button again, Roxanne. (laughs) A spam call, like, tried to zoom in. I tried to get it to go away. (laughs) <laughs> well you made it go away i guess yeah <laughs> it made me go away and the whole <laughs> everything 
just hopefully they won't call anymore. I hate those spam calls. They call all day long. Yeah, me too. Um, okay, so you were saying you your your spectrum runs from completely like blind to, to yep. To so I have some that I teach Braille to. Oh wow! So I have learned to read Braille by sight. Okay, so you wait, wait. Let's think about what you just said. You can read Braille by sight, so you see the little uh-huh. dots that that a person who can't see would feel with their fingers, and you can read them by looking, oh, like hieroglyphics almost to you, I imagine. I think yeah. a lot of people look at me funny when I go to the so out in the public and see a um, braille sign that's not right because that has happened. It'll say it'll supposed to it'll so, supposed to say like women's restroom, but it says electrical room. <laughs> and, and who would know, right? Because the people putting right. up the signs are just like it was in the electrical room pile. <laughs> it's something yes. interesting. Like, they don't know. <laughs> so uh, that's always fun. Yeah. So you're um you're on today to talk about something pretty specific. I think. Yeah. Um. But let's just go through your diabetes a little bit. So type one around high school, you stayed home for college, went uh, com- mm-hmm. were a commuter, went a little extra time because you almost got a whole degree you didn't want, um, which is, uh, how, can I ask real quickly, how far into that degree mm-hmm. did you know you didn't want it? I had like one semester left when I decided what I really wanted to do because at that time, I didn't want to get a master's degree because to do anything in psychology a master's degree which i find funny that now i have a master's degree but at that point i didn't want to go to school that long gotcha no i understand all right so you get out you get out of school you find work that it seems like you're really enjoying which is terrific and and great work to do um how was the diabetes through your 20s probably could have taken better care of myself than i did i was on six to eight shots a day until Right after I got married, because I had a point where my sugar was really, really low during the wedding ceremony, and I almost passed out. Mm-hmm. So after that, I talked to the doctor about it, and they suggested going on a pump. And so I've been on one, one of one kind or another ever since then. How old? That was you? like two thousand two. So I was twenty two. Two thousand in two thousand two, you were twenty two, and you got married at that uh-huh. age. Yep, I did. So in 2002, you were 22, and you became a couple, Mm -hmm. which also is two. Obviously, I have to go buy a lottery ticket later today with all twos in it somewhere. Um, uh, That's and so uh, that's not young, but not old for being married. Uh, Are you still together? Are you still together? We are. Very nice. Congratulations. Um, That's a long time ago. You've been married 20 years. Yeah, almost the summer. It'll be 20 years. I'm gonna write down 20 here. I think I have the. I think I know how to find uh, how to get into like an Egyptian tomb. I, I might have a code or something uh, going. Okay, so you're married um, now. You got on a pump pretty early, so you were having some low, lows before that. Did the pump mm-hmm. work out the problem you were having with the lows, or how did the how was your care? Givokaipo pen has no visible needle and is a premixed auto-injector of glucagon for treatment of very low blood sugar in adults and kids with diabetes ages 2 and above. Find out more. Go to gvoglucagon.com forward slash juice box. shouldn't be used in patients with insulinoma or pheochromocytoma. Visit gvoglucagon.com slash risk. 
My daughter Arden gets her diabetes supplies from US Med, and you can too. USmed.com forward slash juice box or call 888-721-1514. US Med carries everything from insulin pumps and diabetes testing supplies to the latest in CGMs like the Freestyle Libre 3 and the Dexcom G6. They accept Medicare nationwide and over 800 private insurers. With US Med, you're going to get a company with an A rating with the Better Business Bureau, who has served over 1 million diabetes customers since 1996. The number one rated distributor in Dexcom customer satisfaction surveys and the number one fastest growing tandem distributor nationwide. US Med is also the number one specialty distributor for Omnipod Dash. It's where Arden got her Omnipod 5s, and they also carry a wide variety of freestyle products. usmed.com forward slash juice box or call 888-721-1514. Get your free benefits check from US Med and get started today. I didn't have any kind of CCM until much later. So I, other than the random blood sugar checks, I really don't know. Okay. I have to say I love my Dexcom now. <laughs> How often were you checking back then? Maybe three or four times a day. Maybe three or four times a day. What were your A1Cs like? Very good at, I don't remember. Probably eight, seven or eight. Okay. Seven or eight. Um, okay. All right. And that's for the last, how long did that last for those seven, eight A1Cs, like 2002 to how long? I mean, are they still? 2007 or 2000, probably either 2007, 2009, because 2009 is when I found my current endo and things have been much better. So a new doctor was a big difference for you? Yes. Okay. What, what was different about the new doctor versus the old one? They actually wanted to, they gave, they got me on the CG, one of CGM and showed me a little bit more about how to do things. And there was also a nutritionist involved because mm-hmm. before then that they, they none of my other, other endos had ever given me any like nutrition advice. Okay. And, and was your weight an issue during that time? Yes. Okay. How long had that been that way? I'd always been heavy. Mom said, my mom used to tell me that since by the time I got into, was with, oh, right after I had my tonsils and adenoids out when I was seven, after that, I started gaining weight. But before then, I had been quite little. I was also three months premature. So mm-hmm. that was part of that. So since you were seven years old, you, your weight has been of issue to you. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, <clears throat> And the higher A1Cs, seven, eights, et cetera, they didn't make a dent in your in your weight. So were you taking in a lot of carbs? Were you not very active? What was happening in that I time? soccer during high school. Really? I mean, I was active. It just didn't seem to make a difference in the weight. Mm-hmm. Were you eating? No matter what I did. Were you eating or drinking a lot of carbs to make up for low blood sugars? Probably, yeah. That was part of it. Okay. All right. So exercise didn't seem to matter. You might have been taking in more extra carbs, et cetera. Okay. I got it. Um, but then you find a doctor uh, who turns you on to CGM early on in CGM, mm-hmm. really, right? Yeah. yeah. I had it. It's like the G5. 
Okay. Yeah, I started with the G5. Then I couldn't afford the sensors for a while. So then we went with the Libre when that came out. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then this pat, I think it's been a year now since I've been back on Dexcom because it was more affordable. Mm-hmm. And I like it better because it has the alarms. Yeah. So when you switched to the doctor, so you said you got better advice. They gave you a nutritionist and they mm-hmm. gave, and they gave you a CGM. So let's go through those one at a time. So first the CGM. Okay. What what did the CGM teach you that you didn't know prior? Just how much of a range my sugars were going in. Was just how much up and down they were. And you didn't know prior. I never knew. Mm. Okay. And look, because I was never really able to feel my lows either. That was part of the problem. Okay. So you were um eating and getting very high and then getting low later? Mm-hmm. Okay. And then once you saw that on the CGM, what adjustments were you able to make? I was able to not not eat as much when I went low. Because that was the, the, the feeling. It's like I would eat whatever I could find to make the feeling go away. Mm-hmm. And so that tended, then it was the high and then you're chasing the, chasing the high blood sugar all day long. Yeah, I see. So you're um, not doing a great job at mealtime, spiking up, eventually crashing down, and then taking in far more than you needed to catch the low because you had no indicator of whether or not you were catching it or not. You weren't wearing a CGM right. at the point. And then yes. you'd rock it back up. And then I imagine you didn't. Did you even check after a low to see where you went afterwards? Probably not. Not at that time. Okay. So once you felt better, it was over and you stopped paying attention back then. Yeah. Gotcha. And then eventually, I assume you'd crash back down again. Yeah. Gotcha. I was like, it was just up and down. And, but yeah, it's been, be- it's been much better now that I've. And also being able to get off the highly concentrated insulin has helped too. Oh, all right. We'll get to that in a second. Let, let, yeah. get, let, let me get to the next thing first in my head. Okay. I, have, I have this all lined <laughs> up in my mind. Um, so then what tools were you given to help with the up and down? I, I know the CGM helped you not overtreat lows, but was there any other advice from the doctor? Oh, it was like going, I was on metformin for a long time. They put you on metformin as well? Mm-hmm. Was it yeah. on, on on? They wanted you to have it for type. What were they doing it for? Were they using it off label for weight? Uh huh. Okay. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. It was for it was more the weight than the diabetes part. But I have been, I took up until I had the gastric sleeve. I was taking metformin. You were taking metformin. Okay. And was that mm-hmm. was the metformin helping your weight at all? Not a single bit. <laughs> Gotcha. Time well spent. Uh, so how long did you use the metformin for? From probably about, about somewhere with it, like early 2000 till about 2016. Jesus, really? Yeah. Uh, for people who don't know, uh, metformin is most commonly used as a type 2 diabetes drug, uh, but is often used off-label for weight loss um, by a number of endocrinologists, actually. Um, but it didn't do anything for you except, no. I, I assume, th- did your did your body ever regulate to it? Mm, I don't think, I don't know. I don't think so. Was it like con- they, uh, they would change the dose and mm-hmm. it, it, I just know it never really worked. I had awful side effects from it, too. Yeah, like GI stuff? Uh-huh. 
for 16 years, Roxanne? No, just yeah. it's like off and on. I was oh. like going, I think when they would change it from, because they went back and forth between the generic and the actual mm-hmm. enough. Gotcha. So we learned that with my thyroid medication that I have to stay on the thyroid med. Big deal for a lot of people. Um, my wife has to use the uh, the brand name. For Centroid. Her, yeah, for her for her thyroid med. Um, my daughter can't. Uh, my daughter's uh, uses a, a birth control pill right now to help her with some of her issues with bleeding, and uh, even going to the generic of the pill doesn't do the same thing. Uh, yeah, I tried that for a while too because I also have polycystic ovarian syndrome. A long time, and so I think some of that is what was the issue with the weight too. Mm-hmm. It was with that in the metabolic thing, metabolic syndrome in there. I gotta start making notes on you. Hold on a second. PCOS. Yeah, I have lots of medical issues. That's the hard part. <laughs> yeah, no to know which one's causing the issue. Yeah, no, I know that PCOS type one thyroid. Um, you struggle with your weight. What else? Hyper hyperthyroidism. Yeah, or oh, hypo. Yeah, hypo. I think it's hypo. What yeah, you, they what? never really said one way or the other. I've been on Centroid since the early 2000s. Yeah, that sounds like hypo then. Um, and, and then and your thyroid being out of whack is also an impactor for your weight. So did that? Uh-huh. Did that help anything? Yep. I have. I, I know that's gotten better. There's a lot of things that having the sleep fixed because I also have celiac. Celiac. But the weird thing with that, they didn't find that until 2015 when I was, um, I had gallbladder pains or pains in my side. So they sent me to a gastroenterologist. Mm -hmm. So they were, so they removed my gall, my gallbladder then did more testing to find out I had celiac. Do you eat? I've been gluten free. I do. I've been gluten free since 2015. Okay. Um, well, actually, before I was gonna, I was about to ask you a question. But are you also? Is your hearing restricted as well? I know that's. I mean, while we're making yes. the list, it is. Yes, I have had. I was like, I was born three months premature mm-hmm. and spent three months in the NICU. Had heart surgery at a month old. Took them till seventh grade to figure out I had a hearing loss, and have always had it. Okay. So I didn't get hearing aids until seventh grade. All right, Roxanne, I'm going to try to do this in one breath. You ready? Okay. PCOS, type 1, thyroid, struggle with your weight, celiac, had your gallbladder removed, hearing loss, heart surgery, premature. Yep, and then high cholesterol, high blood pressure, but those have been kind of resolved. High BP and cholesterol. Got it. All right. Let's take a second and breathe. Are you okay? Oh. Seriously. Oh, I'm good. Yeah. Yeah. I also, oh, I forgot my other conditions I have. I have psoriatic arthritis and psoriasis. But none of this stuff came on until I was 18. Every single medical condition other than my premature stuff was after I turned 18. After 18. I've had old. these things over the last so many years. Any psychological issues? Not uh, not mine. The rest of my family that runs in my family on both sides. We have lots of bipolar and OCD and stuff, but I don't have the mental issues. I have the health issues. Mm, I don't know which one I would pick. Um, I know that's my thing. I'm yeah. like, mm, I was like, because my mom was 
had gestational diabetes with my brother and my sister. Mm -hmm. And later on, she developed type 2. Okay. Does anyone else in the family have celiac type 1 or thyroid? Mom had thyroid issues. Okay. And then nobody else has type 1. And my dad was just recently diagnosed with type 2. Okay. But it's been, it's been, it's interesting with the medical stuff I had, I have just about everything my mom had. And what really raised me is she had, she got kidney cancer in 2018 and passed, passed during the summer of 2020. So that scared me. Yeah. I'm sorry to hear that. With the fact that she had the kidney cancer and she passed away from, from it. Are you worried? That that was a I'm sorry. Are you, are you worried? I'm sorry to talk over you because you had, you have similar issues that you're worried that might happen to you as well. Yes. Okay. Cause she had kidney issues before we found the kidney cancer and it was weird how they found the kidney cancer. It was, it, it metastasized to her leg and was eating away the bone in her leg. Mm. Oh That's God. how we found it. That's horrible. Oh my gosh. Okay. So, um, I guess I'm going to ask you about yeah some things. Here we go. Um, did did going did going to a gluten free diet help with any of your issues? Mm, somewhat, but not, like not really. Okay. What is your thyroid? Do you know what your TSH is when they test your thyroid? I do. I they tested they tested it not too long ago, and I don't. They didn't, they've never changed the dose of my medication. I've been on 0.88 milligrams of Synthroid as long as I've been taking it. So nobody's ever messed with the dosage. Okay. But you don't know what your TSH value comes back mm, I'd have to find it. I don't remember. I don't need you to dig it up now, but for your, for your own personal edification, I want you to find it. If it's, okay. mu- if it's much over two or 2.1, you should in my opinion, listen to the thyroid episodes and then oh, ask, yeah. and then I ask the doctor to push your meds. And I've wondered about that. So that was that is on my list to ask her at my next appointment in June. Mm-hmm. Just ask if if there's something because I know it's like I still have a lot of symptoms. Yeah, I, I I would want them to try to get your TSH under two if they could, or somewhere very close to it. Um, PCOS, how do you deal with that? What is, is there treatment for that? Um, that's kind of how I ended up with the gastric sleeve because that was one of that's, it took five doctors to convince me to have it done Okay. for medical issues. Well, well, first tell me, I guess, how does PCOS present in your life? I have very high levels of um, testosterone. Mm-hmm. So I have lots of the unwanted facial hair and hair in other places that are not supposed to grow there for females. Mm-hmm. It's very annoying. And then the, the high insulin resistance. Okay. So they're thinking that's part of it, of why I've had such a hard time with the controlling my diabetes is because of the PCOS as well. Okay. And, and, and there's no treatment for that. Other than they say, Basically, my doctor just gave me told me to keep keep track of or like watch my sugars and don't eat as much. 
yeah, there's not. There, I haven't found anybody that's really given me any good advice on PCOS. About PCOS, okay. Um, we need other than to lose weight. That was everybody's suggestion. Yeah, great. You have about a thousand things. Yeah, you have about a thousand things going against you here for the idea of losing weight, including the PCOS, the fact that you're probably taking in too many carbs for low blood sugars, your thyroid's not managed well, celiac for all that time is going to make weight loss difficult. Um, Yeah, the celiac was interesting because I didn't have any external symptoms because I had a friend who was diagnosed with celiac, and when she would eat things with gluten in it, she'd get sick to her stomach. Mm And be the, I never had any of that. The endoscopy they did on me showed internal damage. Gotcha. So it was there was all this internal damage, but I wouldn't have known unless without my gallbladder bothering me. Right, right. I would never have known about the celiac. Yeah, I see. Okay. Um, Which is interesting. Uh, yeah, and, and not particularly uncommon either from what I gather talking to people. Yeah. Uh, is the high blood pressure... Um, with do you use a medication for that or did the sleeve which we haven't gotten to yet this, that... yeah the sleeve took care of the high blood pressure my high cholesterol is coming back so they're thinking that's more genetic okay okay so at what point my little whiteboard is running out of space here Roxanne? <laughs> i'm sorry i'm not laughing at you i'm laughing at no the... i get it it's a lot of conditions all together and they all interplay very interestingly yeah no i know and arden drew me a little doodle and i'm trying not to get rid of it so um okay wow um at what point well i guess the i if you don't mind telling me i i mean i guess the honest question here is is what was your highest weight i was at surgery i was 214 214 okay and I may have been a little higher before that, but at, at the day of surgery, I was I weighed two hundred and fourteen. How tall? Are you? That's which I never thought of myself as needing the gastric sleeve. I always figured that was for people who were like over six hundred pounds, mm-hmm. like on the all the TV shows. So I had never considered it. So that's why it took so long for the doctors to convince me to have it done. Well, in fairness, are you three feet tall? And Roxanne. Um, Wait, you're breaking up, Roxanne. That's all. I I can't hear you. Hold on a second. Are you back? Okay. Yeah. How tall are you? All right. Yes. Is that better? Yeah. Five two. Okay. All right. So you're not like you're not like a basketball player, but you're not not super tiny. Um, No. Okay. So two forty. So what was the first? uh, Not what when the when the doctor came to you the first time and said we'd like you to get gastric bypass or or, or, or gastric (laughs) sleeve. Excuse me. Um, What was the reasoning they gave you the first time out? The very, the, I mean, most of it was to be able to reduce my PCOS, to be able to have a child. That's kind of what they were looking at. It helping was getting the weight, getting everything down to where we could conceive, but that didn't happen. Okay, so you, were you having trouble conceiving at the same time as well? Yes. Okay, so this wasn't like someone saying, "Hey, if we get your weight down, maybe your insulin resistance will change." Or well, that was the other piece too. That was what my Indo was telling me when I told her what the other doctor suggested. She goes, "Well, that will help with this stuff too." Mm-hmm. Just weight loss. So it was general. more for a health, yeah, for what more of a health reason. Okay. Than so, being morbidly obese is the way they put it. So when you put this sleeve on around two hundred and fourteen pounds, I'm going to mm-hmm. ask about the surgery in a minute and a couple okay. of other things about it. But in a, I don't know, in six months, what was your weight after the surgery? 
I got down to like 150. Okay. So you lost like, and, and what are you now? I am about 171. I've, my weight's gone up a little bit over the last couple of with the pandemic and all that. It's gone up. And so I've been working to do it back down. Mm-hmm. And I've lost about seven pounds now. Oh, good for you. To get it back to where it goes. And also, it helps that I'm like actually looking, t- changing the way I'm eating and everything and keeping my blood sugars in check and all that. Right. At, at, when, at that surgery time, what, what date, like what year was that? That was in 2016 because I had my gall- gallbladder out in 2015 and then Jill, June of 2016, I had that surgery. Okay. Well, that's so six years ago you did this. Mm-hmm. Um, in the first handful of months or so, you were down to 150. Was 150 your lowest? That was the lowest I got was 150. And I was able to maintain it for a little while. And then I started letting the bad habits creep back in. Mm-hmm. And so it started going up a little bit. So what does the sleeve do? Like, so if you have poor eating habits, you put this sleeve on, does it just stop you from being able to eat? Oh, no. They took out 80% of my stomach. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. They removed 80% of my stomach through like uh, laparoscopic surgery. Mm-hmm. So the recovery for the ga- for the gallbladder removal that I had the year before was worse than the recovery from the gastric sleeve. Wow! And so when they reduce I, your stomach, when they reduce your stomach like that, is the intention just to make it smaller so you feel full more quickly? Yes. Uh huh. And some days I still can't eat some of the stuff I used to eat because it doesn't sit well. Salad doesn't sit well anymore. Mm-hmm. So it's like some of it's kind of fun trying to figure out what my stomach will like and what it won't like. And sometimes I can eat half a cup of something and some days I can't, I can eat more. It depends. It's very weird. My husband jokes that the stomach's evil and doesn't like anything anymore. (laughs) What, um, what was your diet like in the, before the normal, pretty much normal people. My sister always said I could eat more than anybody else. It's like there was no restriction. So I did eat probably eight larger portions than I probably should have. So it's interesting now going to the restaurants, like getting a burrito bowl from Chipotle can last me four days. So, so back then. Because I can't eat that much, but I used to eat the whole thing in one sitting before surgery. Okay. And, and so um, you thought portions might've been an issue for you. Back then, mm-hmm. eating too, too yeah. just too much in in, in bulk, exactly. Um, yes. And then, were you a restaurant person, a fast food person? Were you cooking for yourself? Were you mainly a little bit of everything? Okay. Did you uh, lean one way, uh, more towards protein, or not really? Like a not really. Okay. Like I've learned quite a bit about the difference between the protein and everything now. Yeah. Well, that was what I was going to ask you. That next piece is, you know, you, when you found that doctor CGM, you said also a nutritionist. Um, so they sit down with you. Mm-hmm. I, I guess they just explain food as if no one's ever said it to you before. They kind of lay out yeah. the, the basics. And mm-hmm. then, but what did you take from that? That was helpful. Just being, eating more of the protein than the carb piece. And that was the big, that was the big thing was the portion sizes too mm-hmm. changed. But that got even easier when I couldn't eat as much. 
So, so that's helped being able to not, not being able to eat as much in one sitting helps. Yeah. Fewer carbs, like fewer pastas, breads, cookies, cakes, like white flour stuff or. Yeah. And that's been helpful with the gluten-free pieces. I've, I don't eat pasta anymore. I don't eat bread. I don't even eat gluten-free bread because it's just not worth it. Mm-hmm. Because they told me like, uh, like some of the restrictions from my surgeon were no, no, um, Red meat, no beef, no rice, and no bread. This was right after the sleeve? Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, yeah. Like, still can't eat ground beef. It makes me sick every time. So I just cut ground beef out. I do turkey or pork. Okay. Um, how do you go from 150 to 180 with the sleeve? Like, do you do you have to eat it more was- frequently or do you have to eat poor like make poor meal choices? How does that? Yeah, it was more of letting the uh, Reese's peanut butter cups and that kind of stuff back in and just over time and not being as active as I was. So that's the other piece is getting my exercise back in. Right. You get older and you don't move around as much. And yes, would you describe, hmm, what's my question? How would you describe the, the knowledge about food that you got from your parents growing up? Um, kind of whatever, it's like not, but not very much. I mean, mom cooked all the time, but it wasn't anything, but she was always on like trying to lose weight and stuff. Cause we figure she probably had PCOS too, but it was never diagnosed with her. Oh, I see. Your mom was struggling with her weight as well. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Was, yep, she, was she was she looking was she looking in it's in the family was she looking into her health or was she just dieting and trying to address it that way just more dieting and different she did weight watchers for a long time and so she changed the way she cooked things but it still was pasta and heavy carb stuff even when she finally was diagnosed with type 2 she didn't she never really checked her sugars as much as she should have didn't understand did you do you think she didn't understand or do you think she was just ignoring it i just think, i mean because she did it a couple of times a day but i just don't i don't think i don't know it's mm. hard to tell that's a hard part it's like knowing if, if it was if she just was too busy with all the other i mean because it was just one of many health problems for her yeah as well so it's kind of well, i never really asked her about it yeah, but I may ask my dad about his because he's not his doctor didn't even give him a CG or a glucose monitor. Mm-hmm. They just put him on medication. Okay. Hey, and you um, I I didn't I never got to this, but with your hearing loss, you're wearing hearing aids yes. both sides. Uh huh. Yes. What would you What would you um What would you experience without the aids? I would be able to hear really loud sounds. But softer tones and stuff, I wouldn't be able to hear. Like, I didn't realize the keyboard, when you type on it, makes noise until I had my hearing aids. Really? That's yeah. So There's a lot of things I didn't know made noise until I got my hair, got better hearing aids. Is there a- that's the biggest thing, is the insurance co- company doesn't cover hearing aids. No kidding. They consider it cosmetic. Even <laughs> though mine are behind the ear, you can see them. It's but like, yeah, they consider hearing aids cosmetic, so they don't cover it. Being a, are they very expensive? Um, I've had to put the last my 
next to us, the, the pair before this one, I had to put it on a credit card. It was about five thousand. Wow, no, that's expensive. Um, yeah, these ones I got through the um, our our state's workforce program. Mm-hmm. We use them all the time with our with my visually impaired kids. So I finally thought, let me see what they would what they could do for me with yeah. my hearing loss, and they were able to. I only had to pay about two thousand towards these these hearing aids and they interface with my i with my apple device really oh you're going again roxanne the uh roxanne speaker you 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 were gone for a minute they interact with your apple devices last thing i heard yes oh i think what happened was when my dexcom started going off again well that's fine (laughs) but yeah they interact with my they go directly to my hearing aids which is nice because then i can hear a lot better with the audio on the phone because talking on the phone used to be the worst because I wouldn't be able to hear people. Yeah. And you and I had to make a couple of adjustments this morning so you could yes. do this as well. Right. Um, yes. Okay. Can I ask just one silly question? Like, do you ever get tired of the world and just take them out? Yes. I was thinking I might I do have that. Done that. Especially if it's really loud someplace, I'll just take them out. Mm-hmm. Can a lot of uh, varying voices, competing sounds be overwhelming or blur together? Yes. So like multi-group Zoom calls, especially when there's no closed captioning available, Mm -hmm. is very difficult for me to follow who's talking. I see. Or like I used to have to, like if I couldn't be at a meeting, I would, they want me to call in on the phone and listen on the phone. That was so hard because nobody told me who they were when they were talking. They just all talked over each other. <laughs> so the people, the person running the meeting would call me back later and fill me in on the stuff I missed. Right. Because she knew I wouldn't understand everything. Yeah. When people start o- speaking over each other, they don't announce, this is Scott. I'm going to cut you off now. Right. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, so well, it gets fun. So, so the pandemic stuff and being online for trying to teach was really fun. Hmm. How about especially it, with my braille kids who couldn't see the screen? Yeah, how well, how the hell do you do that? We did one of my students and I did Zoom, she did it on her braille device where she had um, so it's basically like a computer tablet and it's got a braille display on it that the the visual information comes up so she can read it, mm-hmm. and then we just did it through audio. I, I and wish she was so glad when school was back in, yeah. Well, I, I'm, I'm, I know you're not blind, but I'm having this like overwhelming, like I want to ask somebody now that you're bringing all this uh-huh. up, like what, what does a blind person do with their free time? Like, how do you fill uh-huh. free time when you can't see? Audio books, mm-hmm. playing with their siblings. I mean, most of, I have one student who does a lot of recording. She wants to be a musician okay. and be a music, be a music recorder and compose songs and things. So she does a lot of singing and things so they find ways to they're just like everybody else they just can't see no i know i know i just i I, yeah you know having no context for it whatsoever no i get it yeah Yeah, i get get lots of questions like most of the time that people ask me if i know sign language when when i tell them i work with kids who are visually impaired (laughs) do they and i'm like "Mm." it's like i know they mean braille so i'm like um no i do know sign language but not because of my job (laughs) do you know it for yourself I I know a little bit, and I'm taking classes to learn a little bit more mm-hmm. and kind of see what I can do. Because I, I do work with kids who have hearing and vision loss as well. So I've learned some sign through that. Oh, for, for, but it's just an interest of mine is to know a little bit more. 
Do you have any reason to worry that your hearing could lessen? I don't think so. It's been pretty stable. It's just a mild to moderate loss. Mm -hmm. So it shouldn't get any worse because they said it that I was born with it. They just didn't catch it until I was in seventh grade. Okay. I see. I see. All right. So it, it, it seems like it's been pretty stable throughout your life. Yeah. Gotcha. All right. So I have like, I think I have one more big question that, that might take some time to go through. Okay. I want to talk about managing your health issues. And, okay. and the and the juggling that must go on and how things, I imagine, get uh, brought to the forefront and then suddenly you go to a doctor and you hear back from them and what they say isn't a fix. So it just sort of goes away where you ignore it for a while or you're chasing the most, um, I don't know, the most painful thing or the most impactful uh-huh. thing. Is that about how all this goes? Kind of, yeah. I mean, because I've got different things with my psoriatic arthritis. I have joint pain constantly. Mm-hmm. And so that makes a difference. It's like when the medication I'm on for it has helped the skin lesions from the psoriasis part. Because that was interesting because I this one day these scales just started. Where did they come from? Well, uh, where on your body? On my, it was my knees and my elbows and my scalp had like just lesions of like overgrown, basically psoriasis is overgrowth and overgrowth of skin cells. Mm-hmm. And so it gives into these like hard plaques, at least my kind anyway, there's a couple different ones, right. but that was, it's like, they just appeared and I it took me a couple of a year or two to figure to find a dermatologist that could tell me what it was. And we tried all kinds of creams and nothing worked until they started me on biologic injections. Mm-hmm. And I've been through four different ones which one? Because after a while, your body gets used to it and it stops working. Yeah, which ones? Have you tried multiple medications so far or just one? Mm-hmm. Which yeah, ones? Yeah, I've tried four different ones. I've got, let's see, they started on, I think, Inbrel. That didn't work at all. So then we moved to Humira. I was on Humira for about two years until it started to quit working. And then I had Stellara for the longest time and that got rid of the plaques. Mm-hmm. With the exception of some scalp ones that just don't seem to go away. Okay. But they thought it was dandruff for a long time until the ones on my elbows and knees started coming. Because I used to have some, some of my students I worked with who are autistic, they liked the texture of it. So they would stand next to me and just like rub on my elbows and it drove me crazy. Oh my gosh. That's unpleasant. But they like, but they like, it calmed them down though. So some of them were upset when I finally got rid of them. No kidding. But I take um, what they call Cosentix. is it's an injectable mm-hmm. biologic. I, t- I have to take a double dose of it every month to keep this, to keep the psoriasis under control. And then I've got two other, two other medications I take with it to help with the joint pain, but that doesn't always work. And the joint pain, describe where you get it. My any a lot of, most of the time my hands. So any kind of writing or typing. I mean, just sitting still makes my hands hurt all the time. Mm. And the weather doesn't help because when it's kind of humid and hot out, then it gets worse. Um, and so and it's mainly just the little joints of my fingers. So your hands and your fingers is where it mostly bothers you. Ankle, mm-hmm. ankles, knees, my, hips, anything? My feet and my ankles have started. 
So there's different there's different ones, but it's like it's most effect mostly affects my hands, but I, I think some of the other joints are affected as well. So you were taking these injectables for your joint pain, but they don't help mm-hmm. that very much. But they did jump on top of the psoriasis. Yeah, they help the other part. Hmm. And they, my my rheumatologist said the inflammation has gone down so taking the medication. So I was like, because I also take a nerve pain medication for the to kind of help with that because I think there's also some neuropathy as well in your feet. Mm-hmm. Okay. Does the and um, so I think that's these the the stuff you're taking for the joint pain that is. And the doctor says they think that the inflammation is being impacted. Did the inflammation mm-hmm. going down impact anything else? Help you with any other things? Yeah, I think so. I think some of that has helped with the blood sugar control as well. Mm-hmm. I just, I mean, and my endo put me on Jardians recently. Okay. And that has made a big improvement in the blood sugar levels as well. It doesn't go up as much as it used to. I was like, I think she's, what did she say my A1C was when I went in in February? I think it was 6.4 in February. Is Jardiance not a type type 2 med? So, I think it's mainly meant for type 2. Hmm. All right. Well, here's from their label. I I think um, they're not a sponsor, but I think they would be happy if I said that... uh, (laughs) Jardians is a prescription medicine used to lower blood sugar along with diet and exercise in adults with type 2 diabetes, reduce the risk of cardiovascular death in adults with type 2 diabetes, uh, reduce the risk of cardiovascular blah, blah, blah. Jardians is not for type people with type 1 diabetes. It may increase their risk of diabetic ketoacidosis. Um, it is not for use to lower blood sugar in adults with type 2 diabetes who have severe kidney problems. So... Anyway, I don't know why I, I'm trying to figure out why you're getting it. I don't know. I mean, because this was just recent from my appointment in February because she didn't want to have to increase the insulin use to keep the thing to keep my blood sugar down more. Mm-hmm. So she wanted to try this. And it works for the most part. It's like that's been Roxanne. As high or stay as high? Yes. Did it drop again? Yeah, yeah. It dro- you dropped out. It okay. worked. It's worked. For, okay. It worked for the most part. I heard. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's got to be when the Dexcom goes off again. Every time it goes off. Yeah, I'm losing your audio for a second. Yes. Um, okay. So, holy Hannah, are, are you? Um, you said earlier you once thought about having kids, but that didn't happen. Is that correct? Mm-hmm. Yes. Is that an idea you've you've passed by now? Oh, we went to a reproductive inter, inter, a reproductive endocrinologist for a year, and we tried different medications to help me ovulate. Mm-hmm. But between it's like going, so that part worked. But between my husband, so there, my husband has issues as well, so that didn't help any. And so basically, the after a year of trying with the medication, the doctor basically told us IVF was our only option and it would only be a chance. Can so I, I'm like, I'm not spending $10,000 for a possibility. For a chance. Yes. Well, can I ask a question that I hope this doesn't sound insensitive at all, 
But, but when you step back from yourself and look at all mm-hmm. the issues that you have going on, was there ever a moment when you thought, maybe I'm just not going to have a baby so it doesn't end up with any number of the things that I have? Oh, no, that was a thought as well. Mm-hmm. But I wanted to at least say we tried. Okay. And not not look back and say we didn't try everything. to Because for, for a while I wanted to have kids. And now I'm kind of with these new diagnoses and everything. Mm-hmm. I've kind of realized, yeah, this probably would not be the best idea to do to genetically. And so we've been looking into foster and adopt That's very nice. at some point. Or if we don't, it's like I, I've come to a place where I'm okay with it. Because just... for the longest time, my husband was, he's he was adopted by his aunt and uncle, so he's okay with that. He's, he's always told me he's okay if we don't have kids. Mm. It was more for me because for I always, I've wanted a family. I see. But it's just not going to happen. It just doesn't look like it's going to happen naturally. So I'm like, let's see what we can do mm-hmm. to adopt or foster a child. Well, so we're working on that process. I hope, I hope that works out for you. I, I you know, yeah. especially if it's something you really feel strongly about about doing, um, or you could just get a much nicer car because these kids are very expensive. So yes, yeah. I know that's been my other thing. I'm like, well, then we kind of have to because we've got our animals and they're quite like kids because we can't leave them at home by themselves mm. for yeah. an extended period of time. So if we go on vacation, we have to find somebody to watch the dogs. Roxanne, that is why you hear me when I give out my quality life advice. It's no dogs. <laughs> No marriage, no children. These are the three things that everyone does. And I'm just telling you, you yep. should try it once and mm-hmm. see what happens if you don't do it. Uh, I mean, yeah. you, even if you didn't have these these animals, oh, the freedom you'd have. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Like, so sometimes, so I think I've gotten to where it's to a place where I'm okay because right. I have my kids. I work with at school. Yeah. And so it's like I'm like it's like okay, I finally come to a place where I'm okay with it if we end up not having any kids mm-hmm. or not being able to adopt for because part of it's the financial issue on that end too. Sure. No, no, it's very expensive. Um the the children are they mucho mucho much money. Um any depression <laughs> ever for you after, with all this going on? Sometimes I've had a little bit. I what they did give me an antidepressant for a little while back in my 20s but for the most part that's it's like i'm good there mm-hmm. now that i've kind of it's just it's just a lot keeping all of these things together no it is can you talk a little bit about um attitude and how you uh, how you maintain uh you know a, a move forward theory you know about life like how, how is it you don't get stuck and just give up i guess is my question Probably because I saw my mom go through things and how she never gave up no matter. She was always positive no matter what happened. And she had a lot of things happen over her life as as like when we were kids, as well as being adults and watching her go through heart issues. And I mean, she had open heart surgery. Gosh, four or five. At least five or six years. Wait, no, it's been longer than that because she's been gone almost two. Hmm. That's the other part is think is trying to remember, like looking at that she did. I wanted, we, I was maybe thirty. You were say that again. You were what? You are gone. Her there. heart surgery. I said. I- uh, <laughs> hold on. Her heart surgery. Yeah. So she had full like a quadruple 
bypass done. Wow. And was in the hospital for a little while with that, but it didn't stop her. She was, she, she had been teaching school. She taught preschool for a little while mm-hmm. or for a long time. But that during that point was when she was teaching art to the preschool kids and she loved doing that. So that was the hard part for her when she had to kind of slow down and not do as much. And this is because of her health issues. So just watching mom go through everything she went through and still being so positive, even with her kidney cancer and it being down to the end, because she went in for a surgery July of 2020 and she never left the hospital. Do you think that the heart issues were connected to the type two that she wasn't? I'm kind of wondering if some of that stuff wasn't all connected to her weight and her health. Mm-hmm. and everything so yeah it's like that's another thing on my list is to get a cardiac go see a cardiologist and just double check everything right because you... i've got my endo checking my kidneys i've got my eye doctor keeping an eye on the start of diabetic retinopathy mm-hmm. that's the other part that's another scary scary thought is what happens if the, if the bleeding gets worse in my eyes well, are you getting injections at this point no, they're just watching it. I go every six months for them to look at the retinas yeah. and make sure the the little hemorrhages have not gotten any bigger. I have to tell you, it's just so many of your issues are obviously autoimmune. It's just, uh-huh. uh, it's just, uh, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't want to, I'm not pitying you. You understand, but it's just so no, hard. Well, it, I get it. Yeah. It's so hard it's not just, to feel sad about it. You know, that it's, it's a lot. Yeah. It's no, like, really like some days I'm like, what is it that's making me feel tired? I mean, I'm exhausted all the time. Mm-hmm. I also have, oh, yeah, I also have sleep apnea as well. So I've got my CPAP machine. It's, there's like, there's like all kinds of different things. It's like, sometimes I'm like, my friends will ask me that. They're like, how do you deal with all this stuff? I was like, I just do. I was like, mom got through it. It's like, I'll get through it. I can still do it. As long as I can still do what I like to do, mm-hmm. I'm good. Because it doesn't stop me from working with my students and being able to be there with my husband and my family. So of all the things that you have going on right now, what do you think is the most emergent thing? Like what, what is job one as far as you trying to figure out something to help it? Keeping my blood sugar under control Your blood and sugar. getting it better. I, cause I think, cause they say a lot of my issues all revolve around everything. Every doctor says, keep, make sure your blood sugar is good. Mm. That's all they say, though. They don't tell me how. So that's where the podcast has come in handy. Oh, do tell. <laughs> I've been. I started listening right around the beginning of 2021, I think, because mm-hmm. I found I had been looking for something to help me figure out how to deal with all the with the changes and stuff. So I've been listening and. I love the pro series. That's my favorite one because it's been able to help me understand some of the stuff that people they talk about, but they don't tell you what it is. Yeah, no, I know. Uh, it, where's your A1C at the moment? Um, back in February, it was 6.4. Oh, good for you. That's excellent. Are you doing a pretty good job of keeping away meal spikes and lows that you have to feed? Yeah, I was like, the lows have gotten they've pretty much gone for the most part i don't get very many of them that's great it's more of learning is still figuring out the mealtime dosing so i don't go high afterwards mm-hmm. that's where i'm kind of moving moving things around and trying to figure out how that works 
and realizing I probably need to give up my Starbucks because that doesn't help. Starbucks is a, is that a sugary thing? Yes. Okay. I don't go to the Starbucks, so I don't know about it. Um, yeah, it's more of the sugar and stuff. So I've tried to stop. I've tried to limit that a little bit more and that's helped. I see. Or at least trying to figure out the pre-bolus for that. Did you, um, did you listen through the defining thyroid series? I have. Good. I, I'm going to tell you that I'm of course not a medical person, but mm-hmm. if you were, if you were here and you're like, Scott, take care of me, I would say keep eating gluten-free. I think that's obvious and something you're going to do. Um, I would say try to limit your high blood sugars and, and rebound lows, et cetera. Obviously yeah. I'd say make, you know, as good of food choices as you can make. But mm-hmm. I'm telling you, if I, if I, if I was in charge of your doctor's appointments today, I'd go dig up those last thyroid panels. I'd find out okay. where your, where your TSH is. If it's above like 2.1 or so, um, I'd want it to come down with, uh, a, a larger amount of Synthroid, but I would also talk to my doctor about adding a T3 okay. for energy. I thought I'd pass that because, I mean, no matter what I do, if I sleep well or not, I am always just exhausted. I think a tiny bit of Cytomil maybe, or even Armor um, a T3, some sort of a, a boost for your T3. It, it sounds to me like it's worth trying. And that would be if it impacts your uh, restful, you know, a feeling of restfulness and, ener- mm-hmm. and energy, I would not be surprised if it also impacted your weight. That would be. This is where I would start if I was you. It's an interesting piece to think about mm-hmm. there. Don't even think. Just do it. Just to, yeah, just to ask them. I never thought about asking about more because I figure they know what they're talking about. Yeah. And well, nobody after knows. all. Mm, no, 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 Roxanne. <laughs> yeah, I've realized yeah. that after listening to things, I was like, yeah, these doctors don't always know everything. Oh, I, I say forget say doctors. They do. I say forget <laughs> doctors. I think it's a coin flip as to whether or not anyone knows what they're talking about, and it doesn't stop them from talking about it. So, yeah, um, still- yeah I would, I would manage my. I would manage my thyroid to within an inch of its life and 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 just try to get really solid low numbers for that TSH. And that you, you might run into a doctor who says, you well, your TSH is in range and it's four. That's bull. We don't want it it's too high. Okay. Lower. Right. And yeah. even if you have a TSH in the sub twos and you have uh, tiredness, inability to get rested, weight gain, that stuff, I don't care. It's worth trying T3, like Cytomil or, or Armor, something like that. And it's not going to yeah. be something that most people are going to be willing to try. But what what you got to say right. to them is, you got to say to them, like, look, it's not going to hurt anything. Like, let me give it a whirl and let's see if we get some impact. Because I'll tell you right now that that Cytomil, if it's your problem or other T3s, mm-hmm. you could see impact in days on how you feel. Mm-hmm. That would be nice because I've been trying all kinds of things and I've even th- thought about going to see a naturopathic doctor, mm, mm-hmm. but they're expensive and they, they want the cash. Insurance. Yeah. They want the cash. Yes. Um, yeah. So I'm, that's been do it. kind of pricey. So I'm like, yeah, it's like, I need to, I was like, so I'm trying to find one that actually has an opening. Mm-hmm. Most of them don't have openings until like October. 
Yeah, even just ask for a, a, a what they call the Zoom meeting or something like that. Sometimes mm-hmm. they, yeah, they, like they a telehealth. Have, yeah, 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 even maybe. for those, it's still a wait. Well, make a make an appointment. Do it for me. Don't, yeah. even, don't even worry about yourself. Do it for me. And um, <laughs> because I'll tell you, if that's and I know how this must feel because of all the things that you've talked about here today and been through. Mm-hmm. Like the, I'm sure you feel like you're throwing impotent darts at a wall that's made out of concrete. But um, this is worth trying. I think. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I never thought about asking them for that piece because they've all told me just not to eat as much. I'm like, I already do that. I don't eat very much. Yeah, yeah. I cut out eighty percent of my stomach. Didn't help. Yeah, shut up. I mean, <laughs> I was like, like the biggest thing with that was I was on U five hundred insulin for a long for a while. Okay. And then after surgery, I was able to come off of that, come uh-huh. off my cholesterol meds, come off my blood pressure meds. U five hundred. I do think that PCOS is impacting your your mm-hmm. yeah. your, your insulin sensitivity for a while, for a while. It was I had it's like without the U five hundred, I was changing my pod every day because mm. I was using that much insulin. Are there no PCOS treatments, like even radical stuff? I look. Everything basically goes diet and exercise, and looking at the root cause, which is adrenal or insulin insulin resistance, and your insulin not working right. Hmm. So I'm looking at some different things lately to see if there's anything. But most of them, it's just losing weight and treating the root causes of it. So I'm like, okay, I was like, let's see if I can figure out what the rest of it is. Cause I'm wondering if the adrenals have something to do with it as well. Yeah. I'm wondering too, you're 42, right? Hold on a second. I'm, I'm, I don't know what I'm saying right now, so I'm not going to say it out loud yet. Okay. Um, um, what is that word I'm looking for that I can't say out loud because I'm not sure if I want to say it or not. Uh, I got it. Hmm. So again, not a doctor. Mm-hmm. 42. You don't think you're going to have children? No. Hold on a second. I'm reading about hysterectomies right now. Um, yeah, I thought about asking for one of those. Yeah, do you think that would... There's obviously... I don't know if it would... <laughs> well, increased... Here, here are the associated complications with hysterectomies. Increased vaginal dryness, low sex drive, mood changes, insomnia, hot flashes, urinary incontinence, and also puts a woman at a greater risk for osteoporosis due to the loss of estrogen. And huh. it, and they say it is not a cure for PCOS. Wow, that's crazy. So I just thought about asking for one just to not have to deal with the unpredictable cycle. Mm, that would be pretty. Cause... That would be pretty. Uh, that would be an aggressive idea, I think. Yeah, I like mm-hmm. how I like how there's so many things that are, um, that people have to deal with, and medicine's still at the point where it's like try anti-inflammatory foods. Like, okay, great, thanks. I, you know, we'll see if kale helps this. Um, I mean, you know, not that it could hurt, but you know, you, you have problems that are bigger than, um, 
slight change. I'm assuming you've tried all kinds of things like zinc, fish oil, vitamin D, berberine, all that stuff, magnesium. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's like we've we've done vitamin D stuff. It's like we're working on getting my iron levels in the right place. I take a supplement for that. Good. But it's not it, none of this is going to be a magic fix for you. No, exactly. And that's right. what I've kind of realized. It's like sometimes sometimes I dread going to the doctor because I'm like, what else are they going to tell me I have? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, what? I mean, I'm looking at my whiteboard here. There's nothing left, Roxanne. They can't give you, you can't get anything else. Uh, it's over. You got all, you got all the things. Even was like the kidney. I mean, because they have me on blood pressure medication mm-hmm. for to protect my kidneys. I see. So it's very interesting with some of the medication they have me on that's not for what it's for, mm-hmm. but it's for something else related to the complications right, right. from having diabetes and all that. So I'm like, yeah, okay. Wow. Oh, and sometimes I wonder if it's like, it's like I really think the PCOS impacts some of the diabetic part too, because they're never re- nobody's been able to tell me if it's actually type one or if it's something else. But they label it as type one. Wait, you think because that's what all my papers. Say. Wait, are you are you saying you think it's possible you don't have type one diabetes? I don't know, or, or just or maybe it's not. I don't know because sometimes I wonder. Well, there's easy... nobody's been able to tell me one way or the other. Well, there are easy tests for you to find out if you have type one diabetes for sure. And they and they like the C-peptide and stuff. Yeah, yeah, they've done that one, but she just said she, she, like my endo always says I'm like a type one and a half. Okay, but I'm like okay. I was like, wait, what does that actually mean? You listen, Roxanne, real quick. As long as you don't live in the woods or something, right? No. You're near a metropolitan area, there's concrete, taller buildings, stuff oh, like that. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Not that not that not, you know what I'm saying. No disrespect oh, yeah, to anybody. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, I get it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. No. I live in Texas. I see. I see. All right. Um, is there anything here that we uh did not talk about that you wanted to talk about? I don't think so. I think we did a good job Other of going through your stuff. I'm looking forward to the Omnipod five. Are you? Good, I'm glad. I Because uh, I thought about doing Loop, but I don't have enough computer stuff to try to, to really feel like I'd be able to build it and re- be confident to rely on it. Mm-hmm. I understand. So uh, You understand. I don't. So, I also don't feel confident in that, and I've been doing it for years. So, yeah. <laughs> and without help. I think it's just more of a... Yeah. yeah. I looked at it. It's like, it's just... So, I'm like, okay, Omnipod works, because I was on Medtronic. And then I moved to the Cosmo pump. That was my favorite pump. Everybody loves that little pump, which they don't make anymore, right? I don't know what it was, but I love the T-Slim, but I love the Omnipod for the tubeless part. Yeah, I understand. Because that way my kids can't pull the tube out in the middle of school. That was always fun. I see. Yeah, you'll have to get your psoriasis back to keep them off your tubing. (laughs) (laughs) So it's like, I like the, I like having the Omnipod and being able to wear. I had a student once who was completely blind, who could tell by the tones of my Dexcom whether I was high or low. Uh I couldn't tell because it sounded the same to me. Because you're, well, you're half knew. deaf. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So everything sounds the same to me with that. But I, it was interesting because she made it a game to see, she go, you're high. And I'd look, I'm like, no, you're right. <laughs> Roxanne, it, just seems by the a, tone. It, it seems completely inappropriate here. But I just want you to know before we go that it was my inclination to try to find a diabetic alert blind student joke. And I let it go. So 
I didn't even I didn't even follow it in my brain, but my brain tried to take me there just about thirty seconds ago, and I I resisted it. I want you all to know I resisted it. Um, I'm super like, proud of myself. I mean, I've obviously brought it up still, so you know it's no, not it's not exactly oh no, a win for my adulthood. But I uh, I did stop myself from just blurting it out. Anyway, uh, that was always fun. Yeah, I really appreciate you doing this with me. I I thank you very much for taking the time. A huge thank you to one of today's sponsors, Gvoke Glucagon. Find out more about Gvoke Hypopen at gvokeglucagon.com forward slash juice box. You spell that G V O. K-E-G-L-U-C-A-G-O-N dot com forward slash juice box. And don't forget to head to usmed.com forward slash juice box or call 888-721-1514 to get your free benefits check. Get your supplies the way we do from US Med. Thank you so much for listening. I'll be back very soon with another episode of the Juicebox Podcast.